This episode is featuring Megan Jo Wilson on Women Taking the Lead. There's something about the women who say yes, that understand, I need this because I know I'm hiding. I know it intuitively. I know it practically. And I hate it, but I can't stop doing it. And um, so, as you said, it's really fascinating when you start observing how women are actually trained to hide. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I have another special woman with me this month in the Women's History Month anniversary of Women Taking the Lead podcast, but I want to tell you a quick little story first. So it was a couple of years ago, two, three weeks before Christmas, I was picking up a friend from South Station in Boston. She had just come off of an event in New York City, and we were going to be going to a Jensen Cero book signing that night. And she got in my car and she was just oh my God, let me tell you about this event and the people I met. And it was incredible. So between our ride to the book signing and then our fantastic like two, two and a half hour ride back to where we are in Maine from Boston, she was telling me about this woman who she met and who had a program that she had just signed up for. And she said all the buzzwords we like to hear helps you get you know, back in touch with your feminine self, regain your confidence, strip away stories, right? So a lot of the good things we like to hear when we're hearing about personal development programs or business development programs. But then she started saying things like music and singing and getting up on stage and how the program culminated in a live performance where you and the other participants in the program invite the people in your life to come to a theater to see you up on a stage with a live band singing. And I went, what? And the greatest punchline was she said, and this woman and this program is in Maine. And in Portland, Maine, and the live performance happens in Portland, Maine. So fast forward a little bit. I did not get to see her live performance the first time around. She redid the program. I had a conflict. But another friend of mine who is not the typical person you would think of to do this type of program said she was doing it. And I was blown away and intrigued and I was able to make it to that performance. So I got to see my two friends perform on stage. And I have to tell you, it, it changed me just to see my friends get up there and to see a side of them that I had never seen before. So let me introduce you to the woman who really leads this program in such a beautiful way. Megan Jo Wilson is the founder and the ringleader of Rockstar Camp for Women based in Portland, Maine. In the last year and a half, she has graduated over 50 women and 10 brave men through her experiential feminist leadership camp 
which gives women the tools they need to sing on stage in a spotlight with a live band and a live audience for one night. As they take these empowering tools off the stage and into their businesses, they expand their impact and their income and have a damn good time doing it. Now, for those of you who have small children and little ears around, I'm going to say just hit the forward button for about 30 seconds. There's going to be a couple of words I'm going to share, but they are in the title of books, so I do not want to... Um, you know, take take away from the title of these books, but I am going to tell you there is a word in both books that small ears probably shouldn't hear. So Megan has been a certified coactive coach and business mentor for 16 years. She's a certified sound healer and the author of two best-selling business books, Who the Fuck Am I to Be a Coach and Who the Fuck Am I to Be a Rockstar? Okay, so now we're safe. Now we've gotten past that. I have to also say her big supernova mission is to redirect financial wealth, power, and influence into the hands of modern-day healers and magic makers. Amen. Megan Joe. Mm-hmm. welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. So tell us um, what you think, we, you know, anything else that we need to know about you before you and I dive into the intricacies of this awesome program that you have going on. Oh, man. Thank you so much. It's so delightful to be here. I, uh, I'm honored to be a woman taking the lead with you <laughs> and um, just love the work that you're doing. And uh, no, I think that pretty much covers the bases of the things that I do for sure. Um, I will say that um, those two books are on Amazon and they're business books, mm-hmm. which is uh kind of shocking because who the fuck am I to be a rock star? doesn't sound like a business book, but it really is all about rocking your business. So Mm -hmm. yes. And it definitely points to what I hear when I hear that title is like, oh, the imposter syndrome within us. Let's just get to the the heart of the matter of this. So, all right, let's dive in then. Okay. So Rockstar Camp for Women is the name of your uh, program that you do. And Mm. it teaches women leaders to be more visible. Obviously, if at the end of the program, they are getting (laughs) up on the stage and being (laughs) in the spotlight. And I got to tell you, when I saw my friends performing that, my heart started racing for them because I knew that they were getting an adrenaline rush. And and that is a moment, you know, that, uh, you know, it, 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 for lack of any other word, like a magical moment where a lot is happening, not just for the performer, but the audience is getting impact as well. So it's all about visibility. And as we know, a lot of people in general, but especially women have a hard time being seen and being seen for who they really are, right? Because we know when we expose ourselves, then we're exposing ourselves to possible judgment and all of that. And women are typically are just like, I don't want that you know, keep it away from me. So why is visibility so important? I loved hearing your opening stories. It's rare that I get to hear the words of the women who have signed up and how they're feeling after they sign up. But there's something about the women who say yes, that understand I need this because I know I'm hiding. I know it intuitively, I know it practically, and I hate it, but I can't stop doing it. And um, so, as you said, it's really fascinating when you start observing how women are actually trained to hide. And so, 
the the importance of visibility, especially for women leaders, is so that we can be seen and heard because no one can follow our missions if they can't see us or hear us. And for entrepreneurs, right, a big part of what we do is marketing and creating awareness, and that falls under visibility. And Rockstar Camp was actually born out of a business building program that was super successful where I was supporting coaches to build lucrative businesses. It was very successful. It's going great. It was called The Warrior's Way because it takes warriorship to lead a business. And um, I started noticing that many of my clients were having extraordinary results. I would give them the tactics and they would go out and do the thing. And then they'd come back and say, I enrolled four new clients. I had a 20K month. Um, What's next? Mm-hmm. And others would sort of be stuck in a whirlpool of procrastination and taking action, but they weren't quite getting the results. And I got really fascinated about that. And I started noticing right away there was a gender split that men were really comfortable taking the tactics and running with them. Um, and women tended to avoid them. And so the more I investigated that over the years that I was teaching that, uh, it became very clear that it was a fear of visibility that Mm -hmm. was really getting in the way. Fear, and that can manifest in so many different ways, right? Um, Procrastinating, avoiding, identifying a specialty, avoiding marketing of any kind, avoiding sales, avoiding receiving money. Basically, any action that people can see um, is in the realm of visibility. And um, I wanted to find a way to unravel that pattern so that these brilliant, talented, passionate, gifted, trained women could actually go out in the world and share what they had to offer. And I want to add a layer to this too, Megan Joe, because there's something you specifically get to the core of because I've seen many women hide in plain sight, mm-hmm. right? They're taking on maybe leadership roles that make them a little more visible or yeah. roles that have them be quote unquote seen, but they're not being themselves. They are definitely playing a role that is not who they are. They might as well say, I'm an actress. Yeah. You know, playing the role of this position or this leader or this, but your program is designed to be like, no, 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 no. You show up as who you are in yeah. whatever it is that you're doing. And that I think for a lot of people is incredibly scary because then they're taking something precious, like my values, my identity, who I see myself in the world, and I'm offering it up to other people. For them yeah. to, to just take away, maybe. There's this fear that it'll get taken away or stomped on or abused mm-hmm. if I reveal my true self. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. And I love that term, hiding in plain sight, because sometimes, right, your, your role demands to be seen and heard. I work a lot with entrepreneurs. I have some sort of, um, a few women who work in corporations and leadership roles, and, that's, and they're absolutely exactly what you're saying. How do I be myself in this position? Um, and so, you know, and the truth is that as you're seen and heard, you are judged and 
people have all kinds of opinions about you. So I just put them in the most extreme possible circumstance. Um, and like, as you said, some of these women just get it. I'm going to do the scariest thing, be the most visible, the most vulnerable on stage singing a song, which is an incredibly healing and an incredibly vulnerable experience. And if I can survive that, I can do anything. So it literally rewires their lived experience of being seen and heard. Now they have new evidence that, that they can be seen and heard. And not only will they be celebrated, if they're not celebrated, they really won't care so much. Yeah. And, you know, it, I'm, I'm struck again by this um, experience on stage because I think one of the other, like I'm thinking of the women who are in my community, they're driven, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be successful yesterday, you know, they're like getting frustrated because they're not further along. You and I, you know, seeing things from the outside can see what's holding them back. But part of it is I don't want to make a mistake. I want I want to hide I want to get good at something in hiding. Yeah. You know, and I don't want anyone to see it till it's perfect and I can't stand the fact that I make mistakes when I'm trying something new and I want to ha- be perfect at it yesterday, right? It's okay. just, you know, it's that like cycle of like you can't have it both ways. Like mm-hmm. you have to be willing to be bad at something. That's right. right. To get really good at it. Like, in, and we've all had those experiences. And here's the crazy thing you get women who have no musical training. That's right. <laughs> to sing on stage with a live band and audience. Why is the concert so important to this experience? And what is your secret around this? <laughs> How do you get them to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the concert is just a metaphor for everything that you just mentioned. The concert is a metaphor for the times in our lives and in our businesses and in our leadership where we feel like, I can't do this because if I do, I will be exposed. I will do it imperfectly and I will do it imperfectly in in public. So people will see me doing it imperfectly. And, you know, our culture teaches us that we have to be perfect. Our brains are wired that way to avoid being exposed making mistakes. I mean, there are parts of our brain that really think that's a super horrible, like we're going to threatening die. idea. Yeah. yeah like, like I'm like, going like, to die. Uh-huh. And, and everyone I love will turn away from me, right? It's a belonging. And everyone I love will turn away from me. Right. And, and for um, women in particular, so, so I educate women all the time that there's, a, there's many things going on about why we avoid visibility. And one really is the brain, right? There are parts of the brain that find being on stage in any way, separate from the pack in the spotlight, um, is threatening. I'm going to die, right? That's why we get shaky hands and sweaty armpits and shallow breath and dry mouth. Dry mouth happens because our digestive system shuts down because our brain thinks we're under threat. And like, why should I digest food when I'm about to die? Right. That's you gotta run. dry mouth when we're about to lead a workshop. Like your brain thinks you're about to die. It's so yeah. real. But then there's also the lived experience for a woman. And if you ask a woman, when did you first start hiding? When did you learn that being invisible was a righteous and correct tactic? They will almost always have, I, I haven't met a woman yet who doesn't have a story, an experience of, well, I learned that when my body is exposed, I'm in danger. 
my voice, when my, when I shared the truth, I was punished. You know, my choir teacher told me I couldn't carry a tune. My boyfriend said I was needy. My mom said I was too sensitive. I was raped for showing my body. I was assaulted for having big breasts. You know, like the stories are endless. But we don't think of that usually when we think of hiding in our business and how that's in our bodies. So the concert is a metaphor and a literal embodied experience. This is not something in my experience that you can intellectualize your way out of. You cannot think your way into feeling okay about visibility. You can do thought work. I'm all for it. I'm a coach. I do it all the time, right? Change your thought, change your Mm -hmm. feeling. But to get it in your body as a woman, I can be on the spotlight. I can take up space. It's safe. I survived. That literally rewires your neurology so that you start to believe that playing big and taking up space and being real is not going to kill me. It sounds dramatic, but this is what we see over and over and over. And then off the stage, when she has that frame of reference in her body, she can return to it again and again. And her world looks really different, right? And she has a whole sisterhood. So the how part has to do a lot with um, specific tools that I'm teaching them around unraveling shame, around um, healing their literal voice through sound healing techniques, through vocalizing techniques, and around sharing their truth in sisterhood um, and really having massive space for the feminine, which is all about connection and play and outrageousness and raw, real, deep feeling, and to have other women witness that and say, right on, sister, go ahead, be a mess, be ecstatic, be frustrated, be grieving, be wherever you're at, we've got you, is a huge part of how I do it. I mean, I can't tell you all my secrets. <laughs> no, no, nor would I want you to. Speak no, I know, I know. This on the inside. We just want to like, we want to peek at the window. Yes. Like, what's going on in there? Why is everyone so excited? <laughs> yeah. It's really like, it's really tools and practices to unravel shame. It's a lot of unlearning, you know, mm-hmm. and I know you do that too. That's a lot of what coaching is. It's unlearning the conditioning that we've inherited for thousands and thousands of years. It's in our DNA. It's in the air we breathe every day as women. Right. And for about 2000 plus years, there's been Western culture has been a male dominated culture where the feminine aspects have been kind of pushed out and women have a much um, larger emotional range than men do. I wouldn't say we have different emotions than men, but our nuances in emotions and almost like a vocal range, like our vocal range of emotions is greater, but it makes, it can make men uncomfortable if they're not ready or able to hold it or, you know, witness it. Cause all they have to do is really just bear witness. So you don't have to do anything with somebody else's emotions. So there has been this tamping down in our culture of like, don't be emotional. Don't express yourself this much 
but no more, right? For sure. If, you, if you're grieving and have a reason to grieve, then okay, but only for so long, right? You know, or if you're happy, only so happy because there are other people who are not happy, and you're going right. to offend them, and you know, like it's disrespectful and that sort of thing. Like we are constantly telling other people what emotions they can feel and That's how right. much of it they can feel and for how long, and that totally so strips away who we are at our core. So this is like a perfect segue to my next question because um, we're getting all into like the feminine. So Mm. you also say that this is a feminist leadership development program. So what is the role of the feminine in your work and how does it, that make it different from other programs? Yeah. Um, well, just to give some context too. Um, I mean, I think you said in the intro that I've been coaching for a very long time. And I've also done a ton of leadership development work. So I've taken leadership development courses. I've taught a lot of leadership development in, uh, inside corporate um, environments mostly. And um, there are some new ones that are coming into our world that are more nuanced and really beautiful. Like I think the field of leadership development is changing a ton but generally leadership development is still following a super masculine um, paradigm and a super patriarchal paradigm. The old paradigm of leadership in patriarchy, as you said, men hold the power and a leader is the one who knows or thinks he knows the most and tells others what to do or the one at the top of the hierarchy, the one with the most money, the loudest voice, right? And it's very hierarchical. And um, in our culture, right, in patriarchal culture, there is any culture where men hold most of the power. So we know that's true. And then we also have like a really consumeristic culture and this sort of um, no pain, no gain, right? Mm -hmm. Push through it, you know, and a lot of coaching models actually follow this too, right? Like just suck it up. Mm -hmm. If you want great results, just do it. Right. Get you don't do yourself. what you're supposed to do. I'm going to yell at you and shame you and yeah, <laughs> make you yeah. feel bad. Right. And, and that's the way you get to your dream. You just sort of toughen up and get through it. Now, masculine is not male or female, right? And you know that. Um, mm-hmm. All of us have masculine qualities. And radiant, beautiful masculine is necessary mm-hmm. and gorgeous. And it's in the realm of linear and logical and focused and action, piercing, yeah. action right? Mm-hmm. We really want that, but our culture is super tipped in that direction. So Mm -hmm. even women, you and I included, I would guess, are very good at the masculine. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yep. (laughs) And the women listening to this podcast tend to be very good at the masculine too. Get it done. Do it. Get it done. Logical. Make a decision. Does it make sense? Let me do a pros and cons list. I don't know. Should I do it? Can I afford it? Will this, you know... um, the feminine is about intuition. It's not logical. It is about nurturing, connection, the whole. It's about receiving. It's about softening. It's about rest. It's about outrageousness. It's chaotic. It is untethered. It is wild. It is deeply emotional, as you said. And so, and that lives in men too, right? Mm-hmm. The full range um, of emotions, but none of us, as you said, are supposed to express any of those. So it's a leadership development program where all those things I just mentioned are actually honored and included. What does that mean practically for a woman leader that she um, can and must lead her business 
or her mission or her whatever she's leading with the inclusion of all of those things, outrageousness, pleasure, pleasure. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a world where we put pleasure as a top priority along with action Mm -hmm. and logic, Uh, intuition, right? Connection, what's good for the whole outrageousness. So right. The whole picture, the whole picture and the whole woman. And, um, that's really what makes it different. And I, I, you know, so when, even when I'm leading a class, I have a framework, I have an agenda for every class, every day of my retreat. And I'm also totally willing to change gears according to what's needed in the space, according to my own intuition, according to what is emotionally happening in the space and constantly returning women to these tools because we are like deer that have just been born when we're in the realm of the feminine. Like, oh, I don't even know how to do this. Shaky. I can't how do stand. I be yeah. soft? <laughs> you know, like, how do I be soft? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I rest? How do I receive? I mean, it's wild. Like one of the things that makes my rock star graduates the most <laughs> uncomfortable is like asking for help yes. and receiving help. Yeah. In any form. I can see that. And of course, I dare them all the time to do the most outrageous challenges. You know, have your husband feed you dessert tonight as slowly as possible. Like, what? <laughs> Like what? How do I receive that? I don't know how to, I can get the dishes done in 10 minutes. <laughs> and especially down. with like driven, I'm thinking of myself typing, yeah. women, honey, you're not doing it right. Like I'll take yeah, this. Let, let me, let me show you how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> let the man take care of you. <laughs> yes. It's such a perfect, right. And you're not doing it. You're not, there's not enough caramel on that spoon. Yeah. Can we do this quicker? I have to do something else after this. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like actually super, super challenging and so healing. Mm. So healing for the woman and for the man. Because when a woman is in her self-approval and in her pleasure, the whole world feels better. Period. Period. That's why it was shut down. That's why it's been shut down for so long. The feminine is so powerful and so magical and so mysterious that um, that it was it, it scared men in power. Yeah, and to be clear, I, I want to. You said this earlier, but I really want to underscore: it's healing the feminine in men and women. Yeah, you know, it's not just women. Men do your program as well. And, and find the feminine healing in them as well. Big time. That is huge. And Megan, what are some of the results that you've seen after women get on stage with Rockstar Camp? Uh, it is almost hard to keep up with the results because they just keep like coming in and coming like in. Ripple and coming effects. In. Um, so we've graduated uh, like a little bit over 50 women in the last year and a half. Um, they are almost, let's see, I'm trying to think of some specifics. So a lot of them um, have really expanded their income because a big part of what they're doing, right, is stepping into visibility, owning their worth, and actually charging what they're worth. So we've had like my graduate MJ, I was just sharing this in a webinar, 
kind of went from like hiding her coaching and intuitive skills to really sharing them. And she was actually hired in a corporation. So she booked like $30,000 in contracts in one month. A lot of these women are actually starting businesses that they've been sitting on and thinking about. And maybe I'll do it someday when I'm good enough. Like you said, I'll just practice it in, in isolation until it's perfect. And, and um, they're really just kind of going for it and doing it in public and doing it sloppily and imperfectly and having massive impact um, and learning as they go. We have women who are writing memoirs and books. One of my grads, Katie, found like her dream house and moved into her dream house. Um, you know, Libby, who you know, who's mm-hmm. an Arbonne girl, her business grew like 300%. Yeah, she, she just, just got promoted. She got promoted again. Mm-hmm. She got her white Benz that we drove around in. Mm-hmm. Um, another woman got married and had like a rock star wedding. And she actually invited all of her rock star sisters from camp to her wedding. Yeah. And they like went to her yeah. wedding in uh, Georgia. Um, another one moved to Spain with her boyfriend from Cuba. Another one is like traveling the world because she was sick of just being in New York. There's just like um, a freedom and a yeah. permission to really listen to yourself. And again, if you make pleasure a priority, the path and direction of your life will change very, very quickly. Yes. That is something I've been trying to implement in the last few years. Like, am I having fun? Do I feel joyful? And the answer a lot is no, but that's a great red flag for me. Like, okay, like take a step back. What can I do to make this more fun? Whether it's just changing my mind about what I'm telling myself about what I'm doing or changing what I'm doing. Like it can be either or. It can be mental or it can be something tangible outside of yourself. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. And I love how transparent you are about that. Like how you share that with your listeners and here's what I'm working on and here's why. And, you know, and, and like, it is always a work in progress. It is a practice. You cannot, there's no finish line to this, right? Um, Especially being in the culture. It's like, it's like swimming upstream because it's so counterculture to do it. So that's why we have sisterhoods. That's why I have a graduate program where people practice for a whole year, just mastering the skills that I'm teaching them so that they can like be totally padded with them as they go out in the world. Yeah. And I think what you just said is so important because the mindsets that lead to success and not just success, like a really satisfying, fulfilling life are not the mindsets that we're seeing in the media and that are infiltrating our culture. So you do, and I hear this all the time, people say to me, how do I find more women like you? How, so I can right. have those conversations. And that's a, and one of the things I say is go to the main women's conference because right? you're surrounded, right? And programs like yours, it's like find the people who are not satisfied with the status quo, hang out with them, have conversations with them so that you get that reinforcement because it is like brushing your teeth or getting in exercise. You don't do it once and get all the results for the rest of your life. It's an ongoing practice and there's nothing wrong with that. It really is setting us up in a good way to be surrounded by people who are good for us, right? And good for our mindset. So Megan, tell everyone where they can find out more information about your program because you do not have to be local to the Portland, Maine area to do your program. This is true. In fact, our next cohort 
has almost all people from out of state coming as far as California. We've had Vancouver. We've got Toronto. We had a woman. We had a man from the UK, a woman from West Africa. Like, it's crazy. Crazy awesome. Crazy awesome. (laughs) And then they come to beautiful Portland, Maine. Like, what could be better than that? Um, So the best way to get uh, sort of an overview of the program is through the website, which is rockstarcamp.live or just Google my name, Megan Jo Wilson, and you'll find videos, highlight reels from concerts. And then on Facebook, it's Megan Jo Wilson's Rockstar Camp. And I'm posting constantly about the women who've gone through and what they're up to and sort of my philosophy. So that's really fun to follow there. And on Instagram, it's Megan Jo Wilson as well. So there's so much. It's like, it's such a good problem to have, but it's like, there's so much content. I like, I can barely right. keep up with them because they're just constantly doing all these really rad things. I hear you. So anyone who wants to get in touch with uh, Megan Joe, um, you've heard all of the links. They will also be in the show notes of this episode, which w- you can find at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Megan Joe. And that is M-E-G-A-N-J-O. And gosh, Megan Joe, thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We mm-hmm. are all better for having met you. Thank you, sweet soul. It is my pleasure, truly. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.